Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and joined as always with my good friend, Connor McCaskill. Connor, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Dave. So here we are. Uh, if you watched last week's episode, this set looks familiar. This is actually my dad's office. Yeah, it actually doesn't look too bad. <laughs> it's really like not terrible. Portable setup, right? <laughs> yeah, he's got these nice gray walls. Yeah. And uh, gray walls are superior. Always superior. Always superior. White walls. Everyone thinks white walls are going to be better for light and for getting like color. If you want to do LED splashes, no, it's always gray walls. You're going to have a little bit less reflection off of everything when you're trying to light it. Yeah. And then the color shows up a little more true in terms of what color it actually is. Yeah, so. it's crazy with a gray wall. If you throw RGB lights on it, it just absorbs all that color. Mm -hmm. And if you have, I think these are probably a little too dark. Right. To do that with, uh, you could still do that, but... Um, I actually prefer a little darker gray. It looks nice. Yeah. I work with my cousins, you know, with the wedding stuff, and mm -hmm. we're building a set for them, and I was like, yeah, we should... It would be great if we had, like, semi-light gray. She's like, no, we're, yeah. we're all white. Well, Everything they're... White. Yeah, they're... It's very they're, bright. Their look is... I mean, it, it's not a nice... It's overexposed, but, like, mm -hmm. it looks good. Yeah. I guess that, is the way to say it. It's like, a very light, airy kind of Yeah, look. almost, like, angelic in a way. Yeah. yeah. And then for video review guys and camera gearheads, yeah. we like the kind of dark gray. Right. Moody <laughs> contrast lines. Wear black all the time yep. to everything. Well, yeah, here we are. <laughs> so how was your weekend? Uh, we're recording this the week after 4th of July. Yep. Um, it's our first time being back uh, to Nashville for a while. Right, yeah. At this time of year. Um, a lot more fireworks in Tennessee oh, than yeah. California, <laughs> uh, which actually, it makes a lot of sense, you know? I'm, I'm not opposed yeah. to not launching fireworks in California. Yeah, you could start a bonfire. Because literally the entire state's a tinderbox. <laughs> yeah. So it makes a bit of sense. But here, everything's wet all the time. The mm. air is wet. Yeah, I you mean, know? I'm sweating right now. And yeah. It's not even, we're indoors. Yeah, so the humidity here is a little different. Um, so there was fireworks everywhere. It was really nice. Uh, Nashville actually put on, I think, the largest show in the country oh really yeah i didn't um, i didn't see that, I think that this the news is, or something? yeah and i think this is the second time they've had the largest show um which is pretty snazzy i didn't go to that because i mean it was uh you know shoulder to shoulder in downtown nashville it was pretty crazy expected to be expected, expected to be the largest so that's six days ago i guess the they largest ever maybe it's hard to calculate oh largest ever biggest fireworks show ever that's pretty it's cool. It's such a headline. Yeah. I, I don't I don't believe it. But yeah. you did something super fun. I called you to talk about the show and yeah. you're like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing something with my buddies. Tell tell us what you did." Yeah, on the 3rd, um I went rafting uh down in Gatlinburg or just mm. out past Gatlinburg. Uh, we were right on there. the border of Tennessee and North Carolina when we pulled up to the uh river drop-in point. Uh, it said, "Welcome to North Carolina." So, there you oh, go. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, I know it was it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I love whitewater rafting. It's been a while. Did yeah. you do that like this kind of thing? It, yeah, actually, quite quite literally, it might have been that company that looks a lot like. Oh, the so boat. you you all went into one raft? Yeah, exactly. So I was um I was on the back of the raft with the uh, with our guide because you go down with the guide and he uh -huh. was he was really cool. But it was his first year. Uh, there you go. It was his first year um, leading the rafting tour. So he was only a couple weeks in, and um, he was like, "Hey guys, we're gonna get we're gonna get close enough to this big rock." It's, he called it a BFR, mm. big friendly rock. That's what he said. <laughs> big friendly rock. And he's like, "Hey, we're gonna get close enough to where you can like touch it with your paddle." And we we're uh. like, "Oh, okay." So my buddy Malachi and I we're on the left side 
and that's the side that's going towards the referee. Like, okay, sick. We're going up and we're we're going and we're going pretty fast and we're like, oh my, we're going really fast. He's like, okay, we're gonna get ready to touch the rock. Oh, oh, we're going a little fast. Okay, we're just gonna hit the rock. And oh just, my gosh! Bam! Slammed into this rock and um, pretty high speed. But um, nobody fell out. Nobody fell out. We were all fine. That's good. I mean, the raft's essentially a big pillow, so. Well, yeah, we just kind of bounced off and kept going. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so my that's my, awesome. My Fourth of July weekend was pretty cool. I went to the International Hot Chicken Festival on the Fourth of July. Oh, which I thought held... you were about to say the International House of Pancakes. I thought you were just going to be like, I went to IHOP. <laughs> you no, went... I actually did something. Okay, what? Uh, what <laughs> it's what's rare that? for me to like actually do stuff these days with kids, but uh, my parents watched the boys. I'm trying to find a picture here. I could pull up. Yeah, here you go. Um, my wife and I, we went to the International Hot Chicken Festival. There Where was, was a, that? About a thousand people. It was in East Nashville. Okay. And man, it was- You made it into Nashville? Mm-hmm. How'd you get out? Oh, it wasn't too bad, actually. Oh, really? Getting in there. Yeah. But I mean, there was there was a ton of people It's like there. in 140p. Oh, yeah, 360. There you go. That's terrible quality. I'm in Google Photos, so- Okay. Yeah, there was a ton of people. It was a lot of fun, and there's Laura. Um, do you like hot chicken? I've never had it in Nashville. Oh my gosh! So I, this is uh, a guy making it here. Yeah. As I look at this photo, I, I don't, I'm not too proud of putting that in my body. It but... looks a little bit disgusting, to be honest, but I'm sure it tastes good. So good. Yeah, it's just fried food with pickle and hot sauce and on a piece of bread. Like how bad yeah, can it's, that be? It's um it's unique. It's they, they they when they fry it apparently they apply the hot sauce and so it's hmm. it's a different type of heat. It's not just yeah. pouring well, hot it's, sauce on it. It's 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 world renowned. They I mean they even serve it at KFC at this point. So yeah. like has to be pretty dang good, I imagine. Uh, but I've never had it in Nashville. I've only had it out and about in Cali and other places like that. Which is not true. And it was and it was okay. It's like saying I've had Tex Mex. Have you oh have you had Tex Mex in Texas? It's like no. No. It's like, well then you have it. Yeah. Because it you have to be where that originated to get the true authentic experience. For sure. Yeah. Just like most of us haven't had true Italian pizza. You know? I have. But you have in Naples. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, man. And it was great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, what did it taste like? Uh, it tasted like pizza. <laughs> but um, no, it, it tasted better. than It was like, well, it tasted the... fresh and like you could tell it's remember like we this had... was made in the brick oven. It was great. Remember we had pizza in Germany that was amazing? Yeah, that little dinky pizza shop. I, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. You, oh, you have pictures of that. No way. Yeah. yeah. Google Photos, September 29th, 2018. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I guess you, you I got had a calzone. A, I got a calzone. There, there it is. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it's you. I got the calzone. You I got, got the, the pizza. pizza. That okay. makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh yeah. That looks... Look at us. We're wearing like warm clothes. Was it chilly? I don't remember. It must have been. I think it was just average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't doing a bit either. I was just filming you. Like... Yeah. Maybe no, I, I'm sure I was doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, that looks uh, that looks good. Salami, it was so good. Corn, yeah. I mean, Germany, spinach. Is, Germany's got good stuff. But um, that was at Photokina where I met uh, Kai for the first time. Yeah, who we had recently on the show. Yeah, that was a really fun trip. Unfortunately, Photokina is kind of uh, it's over now. It's over, which you guys talked about in that other podcast. So yeah, it's sad days. But yeah. anyways, um, 
Should we talk about like cameras now? Yeah, you know? mo- moving on to uh, <laughs> so it's it's a lackluster uh, week for camera news, unfortunately. unfortunately. But I mean, there's still some stuff to talk about for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll start off with Canon, our tried and true. Um, first off, the R6 and the One DX Mark III are both getting uh, Log Three, um, which is pretty cool. I I wasn't expecting the R6 to get Log Three. Yeah, because that's kind of the lower end uh, yeah, mirrorless. Exactly. It's obvious that the R5 would get it. But well, I don't know if it's obvious. Uh, I honestly thought they would leave that for just like the C series cameras. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, they they threw it into the the R series now, which is it's pretty cool. I mean, C log three is great. So and then I I only saw this on News Shooter, um, simul- simultaneous video recording the two cards as well on the R six. Oh. So you can record a, a backup, yeah. you know, on, on an additional card, which is wonderful. That's great. I mean, I've literally never used that feature in any camera, but um, <laughs> it's useful there. for people who need it. Like I've never been like, you know, I record YouTube videos. It's like, ah, oh, something happened. All right, we'll just shoot it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, okay, you know, exactly. it's nothing, nothing hypercritical like that really. I guess if you're a wedding shooter, it, that could be. I never did that either. Uh, living on weddings. the edge. Yeah, living on the edge for weddings. Yeah. Um, but I could see how maybe some shooters would would want that if mm-hmm. you're shooting a wedding. Yeah, because you, know, you can't reshoot a wedding. Yeah. Um, no, you cannot. And then one uh, DX Mark III. You know, this camera continues to live on. It's actually technically a newer camera. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just an old dinosaur type of body and uh, they don't support EF any, or they're not making EF lenses anymore. Right. Um, so we know it's going to be dying out, but they, it's gra- I'm glad they're updating it. They made it, like you said, for the Olympics, mm-hmm. I feel like. And it's like, this was made for people who had the 1DX Mark II mm-hmm. for, for the new Olympics. They already have a ton of glass. So yeah. all they wanted was a new body that could do slightly better photos and maybe yeah. video we interviewed it. jamie price he's a motorsport photographer yeah and he shoots on the d4 i think or, or yeah. something like that from nikon and that's what he was saying he's like i've got thirty thousand dollars in these lenses you know i've got all these lenses i've right. spent thirty forty thousand dollars on them i don't want to buy a new camera right um and so these types of photographers like it's all about the glass they have these mm-hmm. huge 600 millimeter lenses right uh to do sports and they're like, I don't, you know, you could put an adapter on it, but I feel like with an adapter, you start to deal with issues with build quality and weather sealing. You're and, putting another thing between your really nice, expensive piece of glass and your camera. So yeah, exactly. As much as possible, it's good to, you know, what's the word? Mitigate that? Is yeah. that the right word? Everybody go listen to my interview with Jamie Price. I'll link it in the description. Um, I love talking to him about gear because I find that so fascinating. They're almost like... Those types of photographers are almost like the athletes of mm-hmm. the photography community because yeah. they're photographing athletes, but the process of photographing the athletes is also extremely athletic. Did you see the video of the um, the Olympic? I, I don't know if it's fake now. Now I'm thinking about it. There's like a the guy. Crash? No, he's, uh, well, I don't know if it was a crash. I'm talking about there's this guy who was running with a camera and a gimbal recording these like sprinters and he was keeping pace with yeah. the sprinters while holding the gimbal. I think it's this. Oh, did he end up? It was on a Segway. Did he end? Oh, no, 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 not a Segway. This guy was running. Is it this? Uh, no, I'm not talking about this. What's this? You never saw that? No. Oh. Uh-oh, that's bad. You know, that guy's, that guy's body's probably insured. Look. 
Oh. He hits this like Olympic athlete with his Segway. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about at all. There, um, there was a uh, camera uh, gimbal op that was keeping pace with runners, and he was sprinting with them. Oh, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, it could this be- is it. Yeah, that guy. A university student in China went viral after footage of him sprinting alongside a track while filming a hundred mi- uh, meter dash. Yeah, and he was like keeping pace with the or beating him out. Maybe it's pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> Keep an eye on. This I mean, guy. he did get a little bit of a head start. Yeah. In all fairness, look at that. <laughs> look at this guy, man. He should be competing because he's doing it while holding a gimbal. Like that's not. Yeah, it's like that's not. He, look at this kid. It's like, wait a minute. We're watching these other guys race, and this guy's got a gimbal, and nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about him, and he's beating everyone else. Yeah. Holding a gimbal. I mean, that's pretty. That's, so that's pretty fantastic. It's kind of like the the judge on that race is like, wait, should we give this to this yeah, guy? Yeah, like, did like, he win? I don't know. He's like, no, I'm not competing. It's like, okay, uh, well, you should next year, kid. Um, I wonder if back to the One DX firmware. Um, I wonder if they'll ever update my my beloved One DC. Yeah, no, <laughs> they won't. <laughs> um, that, as, as much as that would be pretty cool. I will say the one DC one DX series cameras has a mean shutter, mm-hmm. dude. It's it. I mean, it sounds it sounds kind of like a, a gun, honestly. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. and it's it's a big hunk of metal, so it just feels like a piece of real machinery. Yeah, unlike some of these mirrorless cameras, especially like this one that I'm shooting on the Olympus, it just feels kind of plasticky. Well, yeah, because although it I mean, is. Eh, that one's better than others, but still. So um, that leads us to. Um, the Nikon Z9 rumors kind of coming out. and uh, Yeah, this looks about... like it's going to be their competitor to the R3. R5. R3. Yeah, I was going to say R5 because it's doing 8K recording, but you're right, R3 or the like Sony A1 yeah, it's, kind of a thing. It's again taking this kind of body idea into the mirrorless world, yeah, exactly. which hasn't really existed until recently mm-hmm. with the A1 and with uh, the R3. Right. So, I mean, it's it's no it's not a surprise that this is happening. Uh Nikon has to keep up with everybody else. And, sure. Um And honestly, their their Z cameras are pretty decent, you yeah, know? We, like I ha- I I don't I don't dislike their cameras at all. They they were all, all around good cameras. I like other cameras better. Yeah. But like th- that's just, you know, it can come down to personal taste. Well, if you were, I feel like if you were given a, a good Z camera or a Sony camera, you would probably pick the Nikon, right? I, well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. <laughs> a couple yeah, years the, ago. A couple years ago, for sure. But the A7S three, I've been using it with Zach more and more, and I, it is growing on me. <laughs> the colors aren't bad either. The colors aren't bad. That's really what's growing on me about mm-hmm. it. I still hate the ergonomics, but... Nikon's ergonomics are pretty funky to me as well. They're I mean, not going to... Also, put... focus rings backwards. Yeah, focus is backwards. There's yeah. no flip screen on it. It's not built for video at all. The A7S yeah. is such a video camera. Right. And I do remember when the Z6 first came out, there was like this crazy delay on the LCD screen yeah. when recording 4K. It was so like It was like a second. Yeah, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty bonkers. But I'm sure they fixed it by now. I mean, that was, that was right when it first came out. All, all these cameras these days, it kind of feels like... They're releasing beta cameras, and they're like, oh, but we'll fix it eventually with updates, you know? It's like the R5 when it came out had all the overheating issues. Where was the uh, where was the Photokina one that we did? Photokina. Uh, Z9? 
Yeah, wasn't it Z9 that we looked at, or no. was it the Z6? It's not the Z9. Z9 is brand new. Yeah, oh, there yeah, you go. you're Z6, right. Z6, Z7. Z7, that was it. Yeah. No, you're right. Obviously, that was. Yeah, so in this, the reason I pull this up is because I remember in this video, I show that delay, I think. Oh, was it even present um, way back? Did we get to turn it on? Yeah, they let us like hold it and turn it on and everything. Got to talk to this guy. Yeah, that guy. Remember how like, <clears throat> remember how much hustle we had back then? Oh, dude. It was just like, you can almost see it in my energy. I was just like, so tell me about this thing. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. Like, I was so jazzed. Yeah. Like, the fact that we were able to be in freaking Germany yeah. shooting YouTube videos. The, the energy was high It was like, in general. We couldn't, I couldn't ever dream the success that we well, had. Well, it's like we were doing stuff with Hasselblad. We're interview. We're getting into the back rooms of these yeah. things with these guys that are letting us like hold pre-released cameras. And we're just like two bozos. <laughs> um, and we're like- and We get to meet Kai. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, we got to h hang out with Andrew Reed and Dan Chung. Dude, that was, that was a fun night. That was fun. It was a fun like trip and- I feel like I was I showed the uh, the delay at some point here where like I put my hand and then you see yeah it was so bad that like it was a it was a full on second um but again they've they've probably have oh there you oh go. there it is yeah so you can see like the camera's moving before the screen is moving so to speak and uh, even at this time this was in 2018 um that was rare I never really saw cameras with that much of a delay no I I think. I don't think I, I can't think of a camera that had that issue. I mean, that we that, messed with. Like even the five D Mark II that I shot on in two thousand eight didn't have that issue. Right. So like I, it was it was kind of weird to see it, and it, that translated through the HDMI as well with right. the Atomos. Mm -hmm. um, but we used this camera for like probably six months or, or longer on uh, yeah. Kinotika as was, our primary camera, and it looks good. Like Nikon colors are good. Like that is one thing to say. You and know. I love I love the lenses too. They balanced really well on the body. Yeah, they were very compact lenses, mm -hmm. which was nice. But they did have the, what was it? Like you turned it to unlock it. Was that Nikon? No. Oh. Oh, oh. Uh, the, um, Wasn't it there Nikon? Wa yeah, yeah. There was, the, you're, you're referring to the 2470 that they had. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's like a compact mode. Right. So when you pack it in your bag, you, you can zoom it in and it collapses. Like farther than it would normally mm -hmm. if that it was means, just at 24. But that means too that if you turn the camera on, you can't shoot until you zoom out. A little bit. Um, Zach and I used a Sony lens like that recently, and I think overall it's just kind of clunky. And yeah. It's but it's a it's, it's a, a fun nice idea. idea. It's kind of like I feel like you know with cameras we got to the thing where we're like how small can we make things, mm -hmm. and I think now we're maybe pushing away from that to like okay now how good can we make things? Well, yeah, I mean just like we're looking at here with the Z9, you know. Yeah, that's it's not small at all, that's and it's a mirrorless a, camera, but it's gonna be chunky. Guaranteed, this will be smaller and lighter than the traditional uh d series yeah, of course. from Nikon. well i mean they're remo literally removing things out of the camera yeah. so of course it's gonna be a little smaller uh, I, i'm be thinner if anything yeah i mean the specs are 8k uh various other video specs what does that mean various other video specs nice very vague there mm -hmm. um <laughs> 4k 120 uh 20 frames per second um for for stills that's yeah, for keeping sure. up with with sony uh 2x QD. That was one of the things about Nikon that was yeah. odd. It was a weird camera the XQD cards. Uh, card. I liked it. It was a beefy, like it's professional. More reliable. It's a very reliable card. Fast. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you can't just like, oh, crap, I forgot my card. Let like, me go to Best Buy. Like, yeah. Although uh, Best Buy might have them. But like, Maybe now. But even still, it's like your buddy doesn't have one probably. Yeah. You know, if you need to like borrow a card for some reason. And certainly no computers have a built-in But I remember when slot. that <laughs> card was in the Z6, you and I, I feel like we were talking about like, oh, XQD, like SD card's going, going away. This is the next one. But SD card's still here. Still here. <laughs> still still here. chugging. Still kicking. I think um, the cool thing about the card slot in the Nikon was that it was compatible with CFX type B as well or whatever, whatever this is. Yeah. So that's a more traditional, I think the C500 has that or something, or the Sony A7S can do yeah. that as well. Anyways, it's it's cool. It's a cool card slot because it can do both formats. Right. Uh, if, but still, it's it's definitely a very pro card. You can't just go to walgreens and buy one no. uh, which i've done before when i think we were in la doing the hasselblad shoot and i forgot a card and we bought one at like a cvs <laughs> so anyways that's our z talk for the day uh moving on to our next topic which is this really interesting <laughs> okay thing from manfrotto of all people i don't know what this is so i'm curious so um here's the issues with video conferencing you're you know in your kitchen and your wife is making tea in the back it happens every time and you know those zoom like green screen effects are terrible yeah so Win- window glare that's the worst so manfrotto has a solution this feels today. like a, like an infomercial it's like it really does. The solution. Look at that. the solution is, is these metal poles. Quick setup. This video is hilarious. They're making it look as if it's like it's a. It's ba- probably got that music where it's like. Yeah. It's just a backdrop. It's just a nice backdrop, but it's like it looks like he's at a photo studio or something. <laughs> like I mean, but here before and what well, do you do? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm in your way there. I mean, it looks pretty amateurish still, but it's a cool idea that... It's not like, a bad idea. And look at this one, book sh- a bookshelf. Nice. It's I'm kind a, of crappy looking bookshelves. It, it, yeah. <laughs> they took a picture of a bookshelf and there's like, you can yeah. see the like the, nails. The wire. And the, and the wire and the issues. It's like I, the, the photography they, of it looks terrible. Like I it, think maybe it was the point to make it look like someone's actual home maybe. bookshelf. You know, it's not so great. I would probably get this with just like a, a like a gray or this is a nice honestly I like this for green screen like yeah for a YouTube setup using this as a green screen is really clean and, and simple yeah if you're like looks a, lightweight I feel like they're marketing it for the the zoom world that we live in now yeah, but the zoom era um, but I would do another market with this product for gamers because that oh would, yeah, it's like a Twitch streaming background. Yeah, they should they should not just have these like professional backdrops. They should also have some really crazy Elgato in, inspired like gamer backgrounds. Sure, yeah, that's not that's not a bad idea actually. You can take my idea, Man- Manfrotto. Yeah, Manfrotto is one of those companies that's owned by um, oh, what's it called, Vitek, Vitek or something. Yeah, they in which they own everything. And so they own Joby, Lowepro, Gitso, Syrup. Ryko. They own all syrup. That's crazy. National Geographic. Wait, no way. Really? Do they buy it, or I wonder if they just? Or this just like partnership? Yeah, it has to be a partnership. It's a Manfrotto National Geographic partnership. Oh, those are cool bags. Those are cool. (laughs) Oh no! Don't show me these. Don't get into bags. I already am. What do you mean? (laughs) What um? What what's your favorite bag? I don't have one. I hate all backpacks so far. Have you seen mine? Do you like mine? My think tank? No, I don't like it. It's too big. 
It's too clunky. Too big. Mine's too small, but I'm just using it because it's because what it I free. it's what I have. Yeah, and uh, it's not. It's, it's got a good look to it at least. They gave. I us, like that. They gave us a couple of those yeah. for Kinetika. I have some of those uh, wandered, wandered provo- provoke packs. The one with the roll top. Not yeah. a fan of the roll top. I don't like the roll top either. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. I got the peak design, like really prestigious looking backpack with. You know, it looks cool. That's the one that but I everybody it. has. I hate it. It's one. It's my. It's my least favorite backpack I think ever that I've ever used. I like their. I like the zippers. I like the, the kind of bag. Looks kind of. I nice, kind of like the material that yeah, they it, use. It's it's a very beautiful backpack with a very nice. It's uh. Hold on, go to uh, go to bags. It's the uh, everyday carry that one. Yeah, the yeah. one that's titled backpack. <laughs> <laughs> this is their most popular products, probably. Yeah. Now. So I got the. I think I got the charcoal. Yeah. There's the or, all black. That's not bad. All black. Yeah, and it looks great. Like, it's a beautiful back, and it has some great features. I you disagree. Know, like, I, I don't like the look. It looks kind of goofy. The, um, the, I like f- the, the flat um, thing looks dumb to me. Well, I just like the materials, if anything. I love, I do love the materials. I love the quality of the zippers. The, this, the this, side thing. This thing, though, is I don't awful. like that. There's so many bags now. I think after Peak Design Success, so many people copied this. Yeah. Style, I hate it. I like the traditional, like the one that I have, which is you just unzip it and it's just a big grid of stuff. Right, which is nice. But the reason I don't like their bag specifically is because one, a lot of their little pouches on the side are like a little magnet in the middle instead of mm-hmm. zippers. Mm-hmm. So you can't stick little like SD cards in there because they'll just fall they'll out. They'll fall out, yeah. So that's one thing that I don't like. Uh, but two, it everything just kind of moves around in there because it's just a big hollow cavity. Yeah. And then you have like the little support things in between, but those aren't that awesome at keeping things separated. Stuff's no. just falling around. Also, that pouch at the top, you know, it's not a separate compartment. It bleeds down into the backpack. Yeah. So it's not like I can shove something in there and it's going to stay separate from all my camera gear. So mm-hmm. it just bleeds down into the bag again. So... I like this backpack. I haven't used it. Um, we, I got to I got to hold it and check it out at Photokina again. This is the smallest again. one they have, 22L. Yeah, the it, I like that it's all separated and that little like photography patch where you like zip it around. You can unzip it, grab definitely, your camera, put it back in. Definitely fits your aesthetic. Yeah, this this to me is a much more useful design. Although you can't fit much gear in it, but so the idea is is like you, you put you put everything in a pouch that then goes in the bag. Is that so what this is? if you go to um, a more side profile view of the bag like this. That's that little bag. So oh, all so your camera stuff fits in there. And then uh, what you do is it's just a little flap on the side, if I remember correctly, and mm-hmm. you unhook it. And then you, without Sling having to take around. off the bag, oh. you can turn it around. So it kind of becomes a fanny pack mm-hmm. of camera gear and you can take it out, shoot your photo that you want to get. without Because your bag, you never really want to take it off unless you're sitting down for a while mm-hmm. when you're hiking, you know? So it's kind of nice that you can just Get your shot. Yeah. Put it back in, flip it back down, and, and you, put it back in. you can keep moving. But then the top half is all of your stuff. It's like all your, your camping gear, food, water. whatever, mess kit. Why don't you get one of these? Um, for two fifty. Yeah. I honestly, I would. I think I would like to get one eventually. I just haven't bothered. Okay, I'm not gonna watch that. No. Um, I just haven't bothered to get it yet. But it it does seem like yeah. Look at this little whoop. That's like that's pretty smart, you know. That's really smart. It looks quick. It's basically a little fanny pack. Yeah, like I said, built yeah. into the backpack. Yeah, like you said, rotation one eighty. It's smart. It's well designed. Yeah, there's another backpack that's just got a Kickstarter. That's another hiking 
camera bag that also looks pretty slick. Because I, I don't think this one has room for a computer. Really? Uh, I don't think it has. It has probably space for a computer, but I don't think it has a slot for a computer. I, I could be wrong on yeah. that. This one says uh, one mirrorless with two or three lenses. Nothing about a computer. Yeah. Um, but what was that other one? It was called like... I can't remember. It's a. It's, it was on a. I saw it on a Petapixel, I think, or something like that. This is my favorite bag I've ever owned. Is that um, the one you have now? It's the one I have. Um, the reason I love it is because it's just simple. It's yeah. it's small for what I need, and it gives me plenty of room. And I hate the side loading stuff. Yeah. I just want this basic like top down thing. Does it open from the front or the back? Front. I would. I think it would be nicer if it opened from the back. Don't you think? Yeah, it's safer to do it that way, right? Because then people can't unzip it. But it's con- convenience-wise, this is the the easiest, right? And I can fit so much in here. I have my C seventy, an extra lens, right. um, my Olympus. I, I'm able to do all my work. I, I just went to New York mm-hmm. uh, for a weekend trip with my new job, right? And I brought everything I needed for the shoot: my clothes and my toothbrush and everything in in, in an extra pair of clothes in this one bag. That's pretty nice. So I didn't have any carry-ons other than that, and I didn't have any check bags. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So. That's fair. I don't like, the only thing I don't like about your pack is how like much volume it has yeah. out. So it like. It I do of, need. It kind of pulls you backwards in a way. Sure. That's I need. I need it with the C70. Yeah. It's a thick camera. That's true. So. Yeah, I mean, it's the, maybe it's, it's the right tool for the right job, you know. My stuff, it would be overkill. It would be. I got, I got a little mirrorless camera. It doesn't need it. What would be their, um, they have like smaller, I think this is like their small one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like how it looks. Urban Access? Yeah. 13? That's, no, I don't, I don't like that either. looks kind of like a trash can. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I love Think Tank. Uh, they're, I think, my favorite company when mm-hmm. it comes to bags. Yeah. I mean, of course, you got the... Um, What's the company that makes the Peter McKinnon bag? Nomad. Is it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Um, yeah. Talk about big bags. That the first issued bag is nomadic. Nomadic. Yeah. The their first bag is ginormous. Like I'm glad I didn't get it. The 35 L. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. And you can even go to 42. That's way too big. Yeah, that one was massive. They just released a smaller one on Kickstarter. It okay. Was, um, I don't remember. I kind of like their other bags, I guess. They're pretty sleek. Yeah, very sleek. Nomadic makes some nice looking stuff too. It's kind of in that peak design. Yeah. You know, nice materials, luxury backpack. Two-in-one everyday carry. That's nice. That is nice. That looks small and um, sleek and techy. Right. What what can you put in here? Stuff, probably. This one is in a camera bag. 20 plus innovative features. Okay. For only $270. Good Lord. Backpacks are expensive. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you get into the camera bags. But, I mean, mine is, is cheap compared to that. It's true. Well, yeah. Again, it's that. You're paying for the prestige. Like this, yours is all about function, it looks like. Yeah, 100%. Which is great. I mean, function's yeah. more important mm. at the end of the day. <laughs> Although I do like, <laughs> do like nice looking Something that looks gear. good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to follow up on the bag topic. Maybe you'll get a new bag eventually. Maybe eventually. Also, just like don't care enough in a weird way, even though I love backpacks and I have a ton. I also hate backpacks and it's like <laughs> I keep buying them and being disappointed. So... Um, so I have a video here that I wanted to watch together. Sure. You showed it to me. This is the voice 
of Halo. Uh, if you've ever played Halo multiplayer, you've heard this guy's voice. It's, <laughs> so, it's iconic. What's crazy is that I've heard his voice for so many years playing, you know, Halo 2, Halo 1 were the ones that I grew up on. Yeah. Uh, and then that's where I stopped. I never went any further than okay. that. But, Fair enough. But still, I'm familiar with the voice. Look yeah. at this guy. This guy looks like he's in his 80s or 90s. He, he's like, an older guy. It's just funny that... All right, here we go. It's funny that this is the guy that has like this really cool, intense voice. And the things you wanted to hear, Johan, included... Looks like he's taking some requests. Double kill. Fans. Yeah. Triple kill. Overkill. <laughs> Extermination. Killionaire. Oh my gosh, his... Like, capture the flag. I love his yeah. like inflection and his facial expressions as he says that. Yeah. So intense. Uh, for our audio listeners, it probably sounds like what? It just sounds like Halo. But like when you watch the video, it's just it's it's that thing where you listen to maybe a radio show for so long right. and you never see that person. Yeah. And then you stumble across a billboard with like a picture of that host or you see a video. It's the same thing with YouTube. Like they have all those YouTubers that are like faceless YouTubers who yeah. make content for a while. And then eventually they decide to include a face cam and you're like, ah, I don't like this anymore. This is weird. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just like a weird feeling to put a, a voice to a face. Yeah. yeah. Especially an iconic voice like this. Yeah. Um, same for the movie trailer guys, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyways, I, th I thought this was play ball. Slayer. <laughs> Slayer. It's so funny. You can tell he enjoys it, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, totally. This guy looks like a total awesome guy yeah. and, and a good hang. Um, which leads me to some new news. Uh, Nintendo. The Nintendo Switch OLED. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, it's lame. Okay. <laughs> There's my thoughts. I'm so sorry. Connor's, Connor's a Switch guy, and uh, I have one. Yeah. a lot of us, uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners here are also Nintendo fans. What are your thoughts on the uh, OLED model? It's $50 more for the same specs, but you get a slightly better screen, mm -hmm. a slightly larger screen. Um, yeah, like it should have been 4K. I mean, that's just it. Like if you wanted an upgrade that made people go, oh, I need this more than the one I already have, yeah. Then you should have just made it. It's not nice enough to make people want a different one. It's nice for people who don't have one. Well, that's what I was about to say is I'm a person sitting here yeah. who has been watching Switch things happening around me for so long and I've wanted to join in. Okay. And I, I do love Nintendo. Yeah. Um, it's a great company. We've talked about my kind of lack of care for most video games. Sure. Which well, is fair. The video games that I do enjoy are like Wii Sports, sure. you know? I'm just one of those- Well, you can't play Wii Sports on the Switch. Oh, bummer. It'd be Switch Sports, I guess. <laughs> Switch Sports? Yeah. Do they have a Wii Sports type of thing where you could play golf and tennis um, and bowling? They just announced, uh, or I, I think it's available now, Mario Golf. Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, and they have Mario Tennis. Heck yeah. And probably Mario Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I love the super casual family friendly like games because yeah. it's stuff I can play with my wife and yeah. eventually the ki my kids can even Honestly, join in. Honestly, uh, Ryan probably could understand enough to play yeah. now. My, my little almost four-year-old, I can't yeah. believe it. Um, so for, for, my, for me personally, Now's the best time uh, to yes. ever than to buy this for the first time. Right. If you are Dave, this is exciting. And I news. love the white. The yeah, white it looks black. good. The screen looks nicer. It does. Like uh, OLED screens are nicer. It's a larger screen. But so it's very small bezels compared to the other one. It's kind of like an iPhone upgrade. 
you know but it's worse because like, it's the same processor yeah. and everything it's, yeah yeah it's not it's not any faster it's still a 7 720p 720p screen i think but yeah it's, it's not even it, 1080 but obviously it'll be crisper and you know the sure, color will look yeah. better but it doesn't like it doesn't do anything new there's nothing about it and from what i understand it's the same joy cons which, which have are the little issues. yeah, which are the little controllers which have been notorious to have issues. So they didn't even upgrade the Joy Cons. So unless they did and didn't mention it, it's true. They could just not be mentioning it. It's because it's embarrassing if it's a, a faulty product. They don't well, they could have just said improved Joy Cons. That would have been a way to do it without directly addressing it. But they didn't say that. This this it's weird that they spent all this money to make a commercial to make it seem as though this is a new product. It's really such an iteration on. It's a switch. it's a slight upgrade, and also honestly, what I think is more funny about this commercial is that I do it, like the, all the only adults are playing the console, basically. Yeah, and it's made for semi small hands with yeah. the Joy Cons. No, I mean, I just think it's funny. It's like they're totally advertising this towards adults, which is funny, even though the I mean, switch... Nintendo is typically. I mean, I have a Nintendo, I enjoy it a lot, um, and I'm 24. <laughs> but um, the Switch Lite is maybe more for kids, I guess. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but it. This is nice. The new wide uh, adjustable stand. Yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, that's that'll nice. That'll be that'll be easier to You're, play. Here's the thing: is like you almost never take it out of the dock. Mm-hmm. When so you're it home, just yeah. yeah, it just sits like the only time I've ever taken it out of the dock is like I'm flying somewhere and it's going to be nine hours of travel, mm-hmm. and I don't need to work on anything. I guess I I'll bring my switch. So I have. But again, I maybe I'm more of the demographic here because yeah. we have our living room and lots of things happen in the living room. The kids are there and whatever. And then sometimes Laura will work out or whatever while I work, yeah. you know, or we go to bed and like Laura doesn't want me to watch my shows downstairs mm-hmm. when we're going to bed. She's like, hey, can we just be together? And so I'll watch stuff on my iPad right. while she reads. Sure. And so like this fits my lifestyle where it's like I'm playing – the kids are bed, in bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. So I start playing a game, and then Laura's like, "Hey, I'm going to bed. It's ten o'clock. Can you come upstairs?" And so I then walk over, take my switch out, mm-hmm. and go upstairs and sit in the bed and play for another hour or two. Like sure. that type of workflow works for me. <laughs> workflow. That's a good choice of words for playing a video game. <laughs> so it's a great workflow in Nintendo the, Switch. <laughs> and I think it's just like how Apple is where. Most people, I think most customers probably keep their phone for at least two to three years sure. before they upgrade. Yeah. So it's like, well, why do they upgrade every year? People aren't getting phones every year. It's like, well, you might not be, but this might be someone else's two to three year cycle. Right. So you want to always be updating things to like have something available. The thing that I think is hilarious is when you look into the specs of the new the new Switch, right. it is the same internals right. and, they're, and it's $50 more than mm-hmm. the old one. Mm-hmm. And Just for the OLED screen. But the uh, the technology like for the processor and all that has surely gone down in terms of price than when it initially came out. Yeah, usually four years ago. That's what I was. Uh, I was talking to my brother about this, who's also into this kind of stuff. And I was I was saying I was telling him I said this it should have been either the same price or cheaper because that's just how stuff works. It should have been the same price, right? Because like, it's like when the Xbox One came out, it was five hundred dollars. But then when I got the upgraded model, which was faster, better in every way, I got it for like 300 bucks. So it was $200 cheaper in a couple of years. I think, oh, well, that would be sensible. I feel like what they would, what they really should have done is knocked the original Switch down 50 bucks mm-hmm. and then make this the new 
like 300 right? right so it's like okay here's the new one it's three hundred dollars, and starting now, the one that you could have bought yesterday is now two fifty. Right, and like that's or even a, two, or honestly. even two, but th- they won't do that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Again, for people like you, it makes sense. It's obviously buy the better version, you know. I love this this uh, article by The Verge. Nintendo never needed to fix the Switch. It's not broken, except the Joy Cons. <laughs> yeah, except the Joy Cons. Yeah. No, the Switch is a, it's a great console. I I, I do I love I do that. enjoy it. I love the white on black. I don't know what it is. It just feels so modern, and yeah. it's probably because PS uh, Five or whatever mm-hmm. looks like this. Yeah, but. we're we're back on the white is coming back yeah. kind of a thing, which it does look good. So I guess that's fine. But I feel like white loses its niceness faster. Yeah. But anyways, so we'll see. It's all about the games at the end of the day, and sure. they got um, good games. I've kind of gone through. Now that I have this like new kind of normal job kind of thing, like I've been playing guitar again, I've been like playing table tennis mm-hmm. um, and I whipped out my Game Boy recently and you you borrowed it for a week or yeah. whatever and I've been playing that. Yeah. And so I'm kind of just rediscovering some things that I kind of forgot about when I was so in the YouTube mm-hmm. world these last three years. So I really am honestly probably going to pick one of these up. You should. You should pick one up soon. I don't know when well, they October. drop. October, yeah. yeah. You should pick one up quick because the way tech, anything tech is going right now, that first week is about as available as it'll ever get. <laughs> and then Especially it, before the holidays. I mean, this mm, thing's going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah, I mean, you still can't buy That's the PS5 or the Xbox Series X and it came out a year ago. So basically, I need to look at all the forums, figure out the best way to get one mm-hmm. and just get, get it as soon as possible. Just Amazon probably, but just be one of the first people to click buy. Do they do pre-orders or is it like... I don't know. I'll look at it later. Yeah, now's not the time. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> it's like a reflex. Like when yeah. you, we're so used to just looking things up on the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, by the way, everything's still rolling, so we're good. We're using the Olympus camera for Connor's shot here. Um, and I'm using the Atomos recorder. Which we got kind of this teal... I mean, at least on the Atomos, it looks kind of like a teal orange thing going on with that yeah. like tungsten slash here this there's a little uh standing lamp here i don't know if you can see in the shot and then the the old c70 on me here i wish i had two c70s but i i'm not a millionaire guys so last thing i wanted to talk about is something that we've been saving for the podcast all day we've been talking on the phone yeah and you're like i got i bought something i have bought something and you're like i I feel like i I should save it for the podcast right but I, I'm like, no, yeah, save it, save it, save it. You yeah. kept trying to tell me. Right. It, I think I have a, an inkling of what it is, but right. tell me what Because it is. I, I inevitably told you something. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. Um, so, you know, I like old things. Mm-hmm. I have a weird fascination with antique anything. And so that includes camera stuff. And so I got the Helios lens, which was really cool. And I made a video about it, but the history of the lens, it has a great history. Yeah. I kind of wanted to do it again, you know? <laughs> I kind of wanted to get a different lens that has like historical prominence, you know? Yeah. And so I was doing some research on World War II photographers, just in general, just kind of siphoning through stuff. I was hanging out with um, my buddy Malachi at a local coffee house. Um, and so I found, I came across this uh, photographer, um, Joseph Rosenthal, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Who, um, and he is the guy who took one of the most influential photos in history. It was the photo of the American soldiers raising the flag mm. at Iwo Jima. Yeah. 
Um, there, I feel like statues have been made of that. Oh yeah, there's a big statue uh, made of it. I think in DC. I'm not really sure where it is. What's his um, name again? Uh, his name is Joseph Rosenthal. So rose, like the flower, like... and then and thaw. I, th- I feel like I've heard his name too. Yeah, and so I was doing research into him as a photographer, and he has a great story in history. That's, that's the classic image. That's him in the uh, top left here, and then that image, I mean, you, you, when you look at it, it's just a very inspirational-looking photo. The photo actually looks like a, a sculpture because I'm so used to the sculpture, but yeah, that's a real <laughs> it got, picture. It got smaller. There we go. Um, oh a lot goodness. of people were criticizing him, saying that it was a staged photo, um, but... If you go through the history, it was um, it was not it was not a staged photo. It wow. was just happening. But Iwo Jima is actually a horrific battle, and if you do the history into that, it's um, hear what people went through through that. I mean, it's pretty crazy. But the image out of it was pretty spectacular, and they used that photo to raise billions of dollars for the war effort. Um, so it's a you know won a Pulitzer Prize. Very very influential photo. Of course. So I. I was like, okay, this is great. This is great information, and all this is going to be in my YouTube video, so sneak peek for you guys. <laughs> um, whenever I make the video, it's going to take me weeks to make this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lot of history. I want to try my best to confirm information, you know, get it from multiple sources and stuff. But yeah, I found out what camera he used, which was called a Graflex Speed Graphic Camera, okay. uh, which is a 4x5 large format camera Mm. i didn't realize that it was a large format camera at the time because i don't know much about large format cameras at all is it medium format large 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 format yeah yeah so we actually interviewed a guy ben horn on this Mm -hmm. show who is a large format photographer yeah Um, it's one of my favorite episodes honestly that i i listened to it twice because i i listened no i listened to it three times actually because i listened to it in the recording room and i listened to it while i was editing it then I listened to it again just because it was really interesting. Dude, he is unbelievable. And I I feel like you and him would be like best friends. Yeah, he was a really cool guy. He had like a little magnifying glass, if you remember, yeah. in the studio. And we were like, I can't do it without. And we were like looking down <laughs> at the, yeah, uh, it's okay. at the uh, image uh, yeah, he... with the magnifying glass. And it was incredible. It's like, oh, here's a picture of a forest. But then you like use the magnifying glass. It's like, oh, that's a. That's a picture of a leaf. Yeah, he brought uh, a print, or it was like a piece of celluloid or something, and then a light box. Yeah. And it was just this massive print from the large format, and you right. use a little loop, and you can just look at the detail, and obviously there's no pixels. It's no. like real film, so you can just see everything. It's amazing. But yeah, that's what these cameras look like. Yeah, uh, big look- accordion-looking camera, essentially. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I... I don't know a lot about large format cameras, so I didn't realize that it was large format. I thought it was medium format. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I was trying to figure out what the lens was because that's what I wanted to make the video on. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find what lens he used for the image. Uh-huh. And I was doing hours of research and I was like listening to interviews with him and I found an interview where he said that he used a normal lens. He's like, I was using a normal lens. It's like a normal focal So normal length. as in focal length. It'd have to be a 50 equivalent, right? That's what I was thinking. So I was like, okay, 50 millimeter equivalent. It's a medium format camera, which it was not, but I was thinking that. So uh, that's roughly anywhere between like a 90 to a 100. 
-hmm. is what you're kind of looking for, right? And so I was like, okay. Uh, and so what I was doing is, is I found a photo of him by the Associated Press where he was posing next to his camera, supposedly with the lens that he was using uh, at the time, I would assume. And so I was kind of like looking at that photo, <laughs> zooming in, and it was like a super low res image and it's like super blurry. I'm like, okay, there's like a little knobby thing over here. This lens has a little knobby thing over there. And yeah. so I'm like going back and forth and I thought I found it. I thought it was the Kodak Ektar 101 millimeter F4.5 lens. Okay. I think it was F4.5, right? <laughs> so I was like, I found it. And I was telling Malachi, I'm like, I found the lens. This is it. It looks like the one in the image. And it's a normal lens on medium format. This is it. So then I was trying to find that lens to buy on uh -huh. eBay. And as I was kind of looking around, I kept seeing that like the numbers weren't matching up because they kept saying that was for a two by three camera. And I was like, no, but they, they said four by five in the article was his uh, Graflex camera. And I was like, okay. So I did more research. It turns out four, four by five is twice the size of medium format. Uh -huh. <laughs> right, so I was like, oh, so I'm wrong. <laughs> and so I end up doing a couple more hours of research. <laughs> Long story short, I'm literally looking at like archives, like a warehouse archives of like what lens maybe he had. I was trying to look up museums. I tried to call a museum. <laughs> you are so obsessed. I love it. Yeah, this is I great. tried to call the museum. Uh, they did not answer. Um, but um, what I- ended... And if they did, they'd be like, what? No, yeah. We don't, yeah. We don't know. Uh, uh, sure. I was just, just trying to- just some kid at a I was museum. Just to, yeah. I was just trying to figure this out. I was like <laughs> super invested in trying to find this dumb lens. Well- I found a CNN article actually about it. It was like some anniversary of the photo. Mm -hmm. And um, in there, it was the only mention of a lens that I found on any article. And they said he used a 127 millimeter lens. Which lines up with the large format. Which lines up with large format. And because, I was like, again, that's a normal on a large. And I was like, okay. This is this is good. By the way, they like they knew his settings of his camera. They were like he shot it at four hundredths a uh, uh, shutter, one four hundredth of a second shutter, and um, they said he shot it at f eleven. Wow. So I was like, okay, they knew that for some reason, but they didn't say what the lens was. But um, after cool. a lot, after a little more research, I think I got it. It was the Kodak Ektar one hundred twenty seven millimeter large format lens. So. Now the only issue I'm gonna have is. Can I look that up real quick? Yeah. Was that so? Kodak. Kodak Ektar. A K. Yeah, E K Tar. Yep. One hundred twenty-seven millimeter f four point seven. There it is. That is it. Beautiful. Um, if you go to images, hopefully we can find a decent photo of. They're it. small. Yeah. They're small. They I mean, which lines up with he was in the field with them. Well, the camera is actually kind of a tank still. But you don't want you you still want. This kind of looks like the one I ended up getting. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it was not the black or silver. It kind of had like this goldish tinge to it, so to speak. Uh, that like one. This one. Yeah. Cool. That's the one that I ended up finding. Hundred bucks. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad. I ended up picking one up that was um, refurbished and cleaned. That's you um, usually want to do that one. And so it ended up costing me a little more than a hundred bucks. I think I ended up paying like hundred seventy bucks, but I think it'll be worth it. Now my issue is, and I was reaching out to a buddy of mine in California who shoots on like medium format cameras. And I was What's like, his name? His name is Tyler. 
and I couldn't. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to adapt. Oh, it. Justine's guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We interviewed him too. Oh, did we? Yeah. Yeah. But I was asking him if maybe he would know how I can adapt that lens to my camera. Yeah. Because obviously it's it's not. Your, I mean, your camera is not even full frame. It's APS-C. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple more hours of research. And I found some forum where a guy got, he didn't say it was that specific lens, but he said it was Kodak Ektar lenses that he was using. So mm-hmm. essentially, hopefully that. And he said he got basically an adapter to an adapter kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another adapter. So three adapters. <laughs> uh, three adapters to hopefully get it to... To a Fuji? To a Fuji. Nice. So I'm going to pick those up and kind of see if I can get it to work. But anyways, all that to say... You should pick up a film camera too and like do a side-by-side with that. And... Yeah, I can maybe do that later. I feel, like, I feel like you're getting so close to almost transitioning your channel to a film camera channel. I'm getting close, yeah. I'm... Because you have all the makings of a film photographer. Right. Of the obsession of all this stuff. Yeah. Like I just like old stuff. You just... In history. You're going to have to like learn a lot about developing and exposing yeah. and yeah stuff which well, is but it's fun too it is fun so anyways you, this is this video that i'm going to make is probably 4 weeks out cuz one the lens has to get here mm-hmm. it's not here yet okay then i have to see if i can't get it to adapt to my camera and then i have to you know get all my research together my i i, I did for my helios when i had like a uh, what's the work cited page I haven't been in school in a while. <laughs> uh, I did like a works cited page in the description to like oh, cool. show where yeah. I got all my information so that like, you know, I'm You're not sure. trying to mislead anyone. And by the way, you keep referencing the Helios film. I want to encourage everybody to go watch it. Um, a wonderful piece of work Thank um, you. that you did. Was that a year ago now or? Honestly, yeah, maybe a little over a year. April. I did it in April, I think, of last year. So a little over a year. Yeah, I. it, it sometimes... The like really well made like uh, story driven type things uh, don't perform as well nope. as like top ten reasons why you should buy the USR. Yeah. You know, like but yeah. um, you shouldn't let that be discouraged. You know, discourage you because the film it, it, it needs like why do we do what we do? We do it because it's fun and like, yeah. it's something we enjoy. And this is a piece of work that you can watch over and over with your family, with your friends. Yeah. Like you can enjoy this as a piece of work that you made. Right. Like, you and know. and I I did really enjoy making it. So that's why I'm doing another one, not because it did well. Look at um, that. Look at the short hair Connor. Yeah. Wow. Different different time. I forgot what you looked like. I look like that. Yeah. Yeah. With the short hair. I might do it again cuz it is hot in yeah. Tennessee, let oh, me yeah. tell you. I mean, it's hot in uh, where you were living too, but it was dry. It was so. dry, yeah. So honestly, it feels. So what? Yeah. What I loved about this piece is that you weren't just doing like a review of the lens. You you, you kind of said like, "Hey, there's all these YouTubers that talk about this thing. It's great, but like, here's actually the history of it." Right. And and you kind of, I mean, you just shared briefly what your video is going to be. Cause, I shared a lot of what it's going to be actually. Because you but, just gave um, us the history lesson of it. I, I'll go more in depth. Honestly, I think I shared more just the background of me trying to figure out what the lens was. Which I think in and of itself is awesome. Like, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Maybe I'll make another video that's you just could, that. I mean, honestly, you could, as I was sitting here hearing you say all that, like it could totally work as a YouTube video. Like 
the process of you finding all this out is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm also considering just making it all one big video and then just in the beginning basically being like, okay guys, this is a doozy and we're going down a rabbit hole. So yeah. it's like, get your coffee and <laughs> sit down. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah, I mean, it might might do really well for you. But Maybe. Everybody go watch the Helios film uh, that you made. You kind of go over the history of it. Uh, you have some cool stock footage and be, oh, not stock footage. It's like real, War, wartime real footage. footage. Yeah. So the Russian kind of background of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, amazing stuff. Yeah, it was a, it's definitely a fun one. I'd love to do more of these. Hopefully people can appreciate them for what they are. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're interesting. Do one a month every month for the next year and see what happens. One a month for you. Yeah. That's all I would, that's all I would do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's like Mark Rober. He does like one video every two months. Yeah. Yeah, but. it's not, it wouldn't, yeah. I'd have to buy a new thing every single time though. That's, it starts getting, I'd be losing money on these videos. <laughs> Quite a bit you of could, money. Well, yeah, but if, I think the, the Patreon thing makes sense in that context. It's like, hey, if you enjoyed watching this film. Uh, I haven't ever considered that. It's hard for me to do these because it's a whole month of my time and it costs me money to buy these. You know, if you guys want to support me, here, there's a link. Hmm. You don't get, uh, I'll consider it. Yeah have, a, yeah, have your own Connor McCaskill Discord. Yeah, there we go. Like Zach. <laughs> yeah, his his Discord is popping off, man, dude. It's they, awesome. They, they, they will not stop talking there about cameras, which is cool, but it's like, oof, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> I need a break. Yeah, I don't do Discord. Uh, I tried it, and I, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I don't want to – I already manage my social media stuff. Like, I don't want another thing. Yeah. But it's cool for him, and I'm glad he's doing it, building that community up. So mm -hmm. maybe we should do a GH Pod Discord. No, we're not mm. going to. Sorry, guys. Maybe a Reddit. This oh yeah, that'd be cool. Reddit could be fine. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I think you have to have someone else make it or something. I don't know. I have no idea how Reddit works. I, I have the app and I never open it. How about this? If you want to join in the conversation, leave a comment down below, like and subscribe to the Golden Hour Podcast. And yeah. If you're listening to the audio right now. Go over to youtube.com slash ghpod and hit that subscribe button. Enable that bell notification. We're going to be continuing uh, these types of episodes where Connor and I talk about uh, photography and Nintendo Switch. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's it's like, it's kind of like, hey, we talk about cameras plus some other weird stuff. <laughs> so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys are enjoying these. Please let me know in the comment section of the YouTube video uh, your thoughts. Give Connor an old follow on the old uh, Instagram uh, and YouTube, of course. Uh, yeah. And enable Bell on, on his channel, too. So you nice. can be notified when this video goes live that you're talking about. Yeah. It could, so. be, could be cool. It could be fun. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it more on here, I'm sure. <laughs> so thanks again, guys, for tuning in on the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. Um, all these cameras that we talked about work great for Polar Pro filters. So if you don't have any ND filters, variable neutral density filters, or if you have a drone, I think Polar Pro's specialty, in my opinion, is yeah. really the drone stuff. I mean, they make the best uh, DJI filters. Maybe we should make a whole podcast. Maybe not a whole podcast. We could do we a could, whole Polar Pro. We could do a segment about just like ND filters and the purpose because yeah. honestly, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And leave some segment ideas down in the comments as well. I had some people say, hey, could you guys talk about lighting or like different tutorials in these shows? And yeah. I think this new format, like we're still experimenting with, we're trying to figure this thing out. Um, as you can see in this episode, we only have two cameras and I'm like, Connor's just cutting, you know, on the middle like somewhere. How you see right now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is better because the wide shot always look kind of crappy and like distorted and weird and it's yeah. just an extra angle you have to cut to. Yeah. So. Also, you know, we're we're still gonna hopefully get a dedicated space one day where it can mm -hmm. we can be more set up. 
and just always there. Yeah. Um, however, I kind of like the setup with the monitor. Like yeah. it's it's small. Maybe I could reconfigure my studio in my bedroom to be more like this, mm -hmm. so that it's a little. You know, I, I have this much room in my room. Yeah. So we'll see. But I do have screaming babies at that house. Mm -hmm. so that's, yep. That's that's, nice. that's part of it. <laughs> well, thanks again, Connor, for coming on the show. Thank you for listening. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>